welcome to Behind the Stick with Mike and Harris. I'm Harris. And I'm Mike. And uh, we are two New York City-based bartenders. Um, we, we're we're going to talk about bars, bartending, restaurant industries, quarantine, and everything that goes along with it. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited to have a guest today. But real quick, Mike, how you doing over there? Man, doing all right, man. Uh, still uh, still working with this bugged shoulder, man. You know, as, as you folks know, I got into a bike accident about three weeks ago now and uh, still working with that. Uh, other than that, man, uh, I have returned to work after that injury. Um, exciting times right now, getting ready for the fall. You know, even though we can't have people physically at our bar trying our cocktails and, and all that, but there's still plenty of patrons out on the tables, out on the cafe that are going to want some fall cocktails. Who knows what's going to happen with moving <laughs> people inside? Or, are we gonna, it's just, is de Blasio just going to put a bunch of heaters, dude, all over the city, dude? Like, what's going to, what's actually going to go on? But, um, but yeah, dude, looking forward to it, man. It's been a while, man, since, um, since I've dived into, you know, making some cocktails, getting behind the bar and just kind of getting the brain uh, going again. So it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been a fun couple of weeks, dude, getting that back going. How about you, Harris? How you doing? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we just started, uh, you know, pulling together our cocktail menu. One interesting thing that, that I noticed this year is we don't have to do a giant change all at once because we've, we've mm-hmm. got menus that we can update online every single day. There's so, so that cost of printing, you know, it's not Amazing, there. So, right? Yeah. So today we just, I like a few minutes ago, the manager texted me and said that we ran out of our strawberry margarita, which is absolutely fantastic because summer's over. We don't need a strawberry margarita anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved it, but you know, now it's time <laughs> to do something. So now, you know, now we can switch that out and we don't have to worry about, oh, timing it out and keeping it full. We change everything at once. It's, right. it's kind of, it's kind of relaxing. You know, actually, it'd be nice if we would just kind of – that's one thing that has really come nicely out of the quarantine is where maybe we're saving the planet a little bit more by not having to reprint these menus. Sure. I, I mean, you know, hopefully just maybe you – know, it was it was always like, oh, you know, it's nice for the guests. Well, if the guest has now become, you know, uh, in line with, with doing something like this, like the QR codes and all that good stuff, maybe we could just stick with that. And maybe, maybe we so. just go forward with that and that would be great because great – great point it's so nice to be able to make a change and not have to worry about printing off a hundred menus and stuffing them like nobody right. likes to stuff menus dude nobody uh, likes to stuff menus. well our guest loves stuffing menus that's not true uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um we wanted to invite uh giuseppe santokirico uh am i am i pronouncing your name correctly santokirico yes santokirico excuse me uh giuseppe santokirico um uh, welcome to the show uh Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Giuseppe is uh, is a quarantined beverage director in the Flatiron District. His menus have always been multi-tiered attacks using various ingredients, like a lot of times ingredients that you wouldn't find in cocktails. I mean, his his beer, the, the his use of beer in cocktails is incredible. Um, he makes incredible milk punches, barrel-aged cocktails. Giuseppe cocktails have always been, in my opinion, works of art. They're beautiful, they're tasty, they're delicious. At the onset of SARS COVID-19, he began keeping a quarantine journal. Uh, the journal took the form of, near, uh, of nearly a cocktail a day with a short meditation on the origin, his take on it, and a fabulous picture of it. Uh, he certainly put my Instagram to shame, which is not that hard to do. But with no further ado, welcome to the show, Giuseppe. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Pleasure to be here again, guys. Uh, been following you for a while since Corey was aboard. Mm-hmm. Mike, you've been you've been doing a fantastic job. I've known you guys uh, in different ways, but for a while now, and it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Nice yeah. to have you, Giuseppe, man. Nice to have you, man. And uh, and Giuseppe, what are what are we drinking over here? Uh, we're starting light. Uh, we're starting with a vermouth cocktail. Uh, early 19th century. Salute. Cheers, sir. Salute. Uh, it's it's by the if if we want to start to be a little nerdy, it is a cocktail by definition. I mean, it's only made out by uh, spirit. In this case, vermouth, fortified wine, water diluted by ice, uh, sugar, and bitters. According to mm, Jerry Thomas, what a cocktail should be. Uh, the fir- it, it first appeared in uh, 1869, if I'm not wrong. And uh, the ingredient were bitters, um, simple syrup, sugar, because back then simple syrup was not as common, and vermouth. You can actually do this with whatever vermouth you like. I like better uh, nice and rounded sweet vermouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, my go-to would be an Antica Carpano, mm-hmm. but everything will work. Um, the ratio is three ounces of vermouth, 0.25 of simple syrup, and a couple of dashes of uh, aromatic bitters. Would you want to try with a different vermouth? Let's say a French dry one. I would suggest to bump up the syrup a little bit to, to not make it too dry, or if you like dry thing, just keep it low. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, my, my, my restaurant closed right off. It was the 17th or 18th of March. Um, it was fairly scary, uh, <laughs> cause nobody knew what actually was going on. The, the last two weeks, we already started to see a declining numbers. So we starting to be closed for lunch, only open for dinner and brunch. And that was just um, people being afraid of. Yes, of, and that of, was just people yeah, being yeah, afraid. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even even mm-hmm. our hardcore regulars were coming in, but we're like with the elbow bump or just like mm-hmm. way from afar, mm-hmm. not even a fist bump sometime, and so that was already in the air. And we we moved right away with uh, table sanitizers and gloves from the employees, uh, but of course everybody had to close. My first couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks were a little weird. Of course, I was not used to stay home. In the last, I've been in the U.S. for eight years, in New York for eight years. Uh, among the last seven, I've never been off for more than ten days. Hmm. So at the beginning, it was kind of <laughs> disconcerting. It was it was very weird, um, and late March I actually got sick. I don't know if I had COVID. I recently did mm-hmm. the anti antibody test. I'm still waiting on results. Uh, but I was I was with a fever for a couple of weeks. I had very little cough and no other symptoms. So I don't know if it was just a flu or anything else or COVID. Um, but I I'm here, so everything is fine now. Uh, so I I I had this double force stop at the beginning. And then I, I was just home. Uh, I was lucky enough because my unemployment kicked in right away. My fiance is still working and she was actually for work out of town the, in the period in which I was sick. Mm-hmm. So it actually worked beautifully. Uh, but what that meant is that I had a, a huge amount of time on my hands and I, was, I did not know how to feel it. Gym were closed. I was still a little scared to go out and do stuff outside, and and 
beside playing video games and watching TV, that is the easiest way to spend time. <laughs> and I've done plenty of that in this five months, don't get me wrong. But I, um, I started to read more. Uh, I've always been fascinated by, by, by history. After I, I, I met a bunch of people in the, in the hospitality and the beverage industry, I, I got even more this fascination for where something comes from. If something is a riff of something, then what make a martini, a Negroni, an old fashioned, uh, a Dacuy, what they are and why they mm -hmm. are so mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. So I started reading more uh, and I kept reading, I kept reading, I kept reading. I'm fairly proud of what I, of what I did. I have not slacked. But that made me realize uh, that a lot that I knew or assumed was to not was not wrong, but was not complete. So I I I strive to to get a better understanding of what of what of what I do, what we do mm -hmm. through what was done before. Uh, the, the the late '90s, early 2000s cocktail renaissance. Well, even yeah. even just now, like um, mm -hmm. he uh, he brought a, uh, a a a bottle of the uh, of a pre batch cocktail already diluted, ready to go, ready to pour. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that's like reminiscent of the 1960s and earlier, like right right after uh, right after the end of prohibition and uh, right after the the start of the um, Tiki, the Tiki movement between the late mid thirties and the sixties, the whole uh, hospitality industry moved towards a fast-paced, consumer-pleasing, forward uh, um, vibe, desire to to do more, to do it quicker, and there were already by then uh, pre-batched martinis, pre-batched, uh, pre-batched cocktails that that I've seen more, even before quarantine, uh, through a friend of mine, I know in Italy already, a company that was selling pre-batch cocktails and quite a few, not I don't know personally, but quite a few renowned Italian bartender that have their own cocktails, pre-batched in bags and cans, whatever you wanna, mm -hmm. according to the different person. Mm -hmm. So what we've seen now, is not necessarily something new. We're just, as people were adapting before, we're adapting of an, in our lifetime at least, an unprecedented, an unprecedented um, situation, and we're trying to make the best out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And pre-batch a cocktail, if done properly, sure, why not? I mean, right. it works if it's right. not over diluted. If it's not, if you're not using. Uh, Pre, if you're not, if 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 it's if if the cocktail has juice or fruit, you should have a shorter life shelf life. Of course, uh, mm -hmm. customers should be informed of that. Mm -hmm. If it's a spirit, a vermouth cocktail can arguably has a very long shelf life. An agroni, an old fashioned, uh, have a longer shelf life than a margarita or mm -hmm. or a pina colada. If one would try to do something like that in a can, <laughs> but. I saw a Mai Tai the other you day, actually. Yeah. Jesus. I, I went down, I was down in uh, Red Hook, and 
the uh, restaurant that we went to, every single cocktail they had was all canned, all of it. And yeah. I mean, they did it just for for ease, so that people come. I mean, they were like pre-canned, like it was yeah. you know, and, you know, just yeah. hand it right over. But I know that you know one of our one of our friends uh, who's been on the show, Tom Romano, he he his uh, they started canning beer initially, so they could sell it for takeaway, so they could sell yeah. their draft beer. And then they they bought smaller and smaller cans, and they got to the point where they figured, okay, well, in a twelve ounce can, you know, you can fit three cocktails. So they serve you know a cocktail for three, and they were putting juice in it as well. And the mm-hmm. and the end result was that, you know, they they had this great thing. It's like lasts I think they said like four days, four to five days in the fridge, and it's yeah. like, it's it's yeah. such a, it's like the innovation that you're seeing coming out of this is 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 I think, pretty awesome. But. Yeah, it is pretty awesome, and I have not been out as much as I would have loved to, and I miss that so much. Not mm-hmm. just going out, but like sit at the bar with with Harris or with with Corey or with or going to visit a, a fellow beverage director or to to talk to see. Oh, you've done this. Where you're coming up? Trying something in the work? Maybe yep. bringing a little sample of what I'm working or or that sense of community, that sense of mm-hmm. of, of of comparing notes and growing yeah. together, that I miss a lot. But I've been in a couple of places, uh, and I've seen that people are trying to make the best out of it. Uh, may that be using fancy, fancy, whatever you want to call it, plastic glassware, if they cannot afford to use real glass, or if they do uh, a different use, of the vessel or the way you serve, it is truly inspiring. But what I've, and I, and I want to go back at it, and I'm going to keep talking as much as you guys. Anyway, that's why we have guests on this show, Giuseppe, every once in a while. So we just, so we just, because we just listen. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's no the beauty of it. us. Like, yeah, we, right, right. That's not true. That's not true. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I love that. I, I do that I do. and I love that. I, I'm loving it, man. Just keep it up, man. Just keep going with, your, with, with, with what you're saying, man. Yeah, but but that's the thing. I I came to realize that a lot of things that we are doing are to a degree been done in a different way. Today we have a better understanding of what the chemistry of a cocktail is, how ice works, the the ratio between dilution and temperature, and if you're using uh, a Boston shaker or if you use a tin on tin or if you stir in a in a, in, a, in, a, in glass or in metal or all those kind of things. Like we do have a better understanding and with, with clarification, centrifuge, rotary evaporation, all this, this relatively new technique for the bar. Oh, you guys, I, I've been influenced for in a cocktail I made recently with your use of shrubs and gastric that I found amazing in cocktails. It's just, mm-hmm. you have, it's just fantastic the the, mm-hmm. the the layering of flavors and the complexity that a little vinegar can do in a cocktail, but a lot of those things were not new. Mm-hmm. I way too late. I bought a Jerry Thomas or a Tombow look uh, cocktail book, like a, an old timey uh, a, a reprint, not an original. I wish, uh, but the use of flavored syrups, I would have not guessed that it was something that it was already so back in the days. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of cocktails that call, that, that call for pineapple syrup or for raspberry syrup. 
in 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 the early days of mixology and and I find that I, I find that fascinating mm-hmm. to a degree the even even what all we're gonna drink today with Harris uh, starting from the vermouth cocktail today you have the low ABV or no ABV trend it's not new like the vermouth cocktail is not new a sherry cobbler is not new an adonis a bamboo are not new same thing i mean some of the non-alcoholic drink back in the days were pretty damn disgusting there was one with uh beef broth and 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 something else i don't remember and ginger ale or something something like that but they were non-alcoholic drinks <laughs> and they were and they were published in 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 cocktail books in manuals so they must have had some sort of following like people were drinking those things and while today you have non-alcoholic spirit or you only use uh juices or syrups to, to give flavors it's not something entirely new we've we were able to to bring that a, a higher a new height because of our deeper understanding of chemistry, gastronomy, mixology, whatever you want to put it. But mm-hmm. the concept is not new. So finally, going back to the point, what I've did in this few months is just trying to investigate for myself and whoever cares or has a few moments to spare to, to read a, a caption, where we're coming from. So if we... Because I do believe that if we know where we come from, we can have a better understanding of where we're going. Not be enslaved by our past, but learning from our achievement. And if only everybody will see that way from our mistakes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because maybe, maybe, maybe it was a mistake to put beef broth and ginger ale together. Maybe it was delicious. Or maybe it's the best thing that we've ever had in our... Our, our yep. prudish nature is keeping us from enjoying a good beef broth and ginger ale you know, mocktail. Don't knock it. <laughs> don't knock it until you try it. I, I had to, uh, I ate grapes and mustard the other day because my four-year-old wanted me to try it. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, <laughs> you know, but you never know. No, but just you're bringing up such great points and you're bringing up many points and, um, you know, um, you know, I just wanted to touch upon a couple of them, you know, the whole thing about, you know, I mean, of course, you're right, you know, like, history repeats itself. Um, and we tend to be now in a very reactive society where it's like, you know, we, we need to react to everything. Like, if, you know, if, uh, you know, there's, if there's people that don't drink alcohol for many, many reasons, we need to, you know, we need to make something that so that they can enjoy that. Whereas, you know, these were not these were not necessarily non-alcoholic cocktails back then it was basically what they were making they were making vermouth they were drinking vermouth if they were you know making beer they were making beer and whatever you know um so that's just a fabulous point the point that i that i also love that you brought up was that um you know it's unfortunate it's one of the things that we have lost during this time and that's the show you know the, yeah. the show the show of the bartender and yeah. that's why you know you have your four or five bottle pickups you know um it's it's the show you know i mean we could literally probably 
you know, can all of our cocktails even during the regular times or batch all of our cocktails or whatever. And really, most guests are not going to be able to tell the difference between that batch cocktail and you doing that four or five steps all right. the show in between. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that we've lost that show, but it's also um, it's really cool that we have now said, OK, we don't have that show. Let's try to let's try to create another show, the can cocktail, the batch cocktails um, and all that kind of that. But and then going, you know, just going back into like, I think just people, you know, back then it's like. You know, people were throwing parties and, and, you know, there was all these grand balls and all But nobody wanted to be, nobody wanted to be disturbed, like, being the bartender that night or whatever. So they would batch these giant amount of cocktails and so that people, so that everybody could enjoy themselves. And I think that's what's so brilliant about, you know, either canning your cocktails or batching your cocktails in these days is that people, the, the people, everybody's being able to enjoy themselves, you know? You can be at home and you can crack open a can or you can take out that martini that you prepped four hours ago in your freezer. I know Harris is a big a big fan of that, of you know, getting his martinis prepped up in the freezer and having them ice cold. And then it's like, dude, for the rest of the night, Harris is not standing at his at his uh, counter um, making martinis. He's just pouring them out cold, man. Well, so, yeah, and it's, it's you know, like you, you mentioned as well, the, the use of shrubs and gastriques and whatnot. And it's like, well, okay, what, what is a shrub? A shrub was a way to preserve a taste of summer throughout the entirety of winter, right? Like that it's, mm-hmm. it's, so, that it's so that in the darkest and worst times, you can still have strawberries. And, you know, and by the way, we're going to get some, uh, some nice uh, kind of oh, cocktail. Man. Yeah. What you got? Is that, so that's, this is the bamboo? This is the bamboo. Ugh, one of my favorites. It's such, it's, an, such, such an overlooked cocktail. You want to tell us a little bit about it, uh, Giuseppe? Sure, sure. Um, the bamboo was uh, first mentioned in a, in, a, in a Kansas newspaper in 1886. <laughs> That's such a shocking, just that fact alone. Yeah, right, someone right. Wrote it, but, one, that someone wrote about it in a newspaper, and they're like, you got to try this thing. Also, yeah, yeah, it was in yeah. Kansas City. But, we, yeah. but weirdly enough, but weirdly enough, um, <laughs> weirdly enough, a lot of newspaper, a lot of first mention of cocktails, even before the 1862 Jerry Thomas How to Mix Drinks, they were mentioned in newspapers. The first definition of the first mention of a cocktail, I do not remember the date, but it was in a newspaper. As wow. described described as a morning pick me up after a night of party. Mm-hmm. So that is fairly different as well. Like now you have different newspapers or websites that specifically deal with beverages. But back in the days used to be an and if later you have time, I would like to go a little bit of what drinks used to be back in the days because it Absolutely. highly fascinated me. But sure, but but used to be used to be part more part of what the 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 cultural life used to be. But anyway, even if even if the drink was first mentioned in Kansas City or Kansas, I think Kansas City, but it was uh, concocted by a German bartender. Louise Eppinger, Eppinger. I, my German is not good, so whatever. But he was. I think he, he just was, needs to yell it really loudly. Yeah. <laughs> but he was made for the Grand Hotel in um, in Yokohama in Japan. Mm. 
uh, and it was named after um, after I think a show or that's the Adonis. Now you're getting me confused, but whatever. But it was it, it is a fairly old cocktail. Is in is what would be in the in the early age of cocktails. And the beauty in researching this, and I think I posted about about this, or I will soon. I know it's just amazing. Oh my god, that's so good. The fascinating thing when you start I'm, uh, to research, I'm, I'm imagining what it tastes like. When you start research folks. for a cocktail, is that you can see the different uh, lives that the cocktail had. Uh, your classic uh, specs for for bamboo should be uh, angostura bitters, uh, one part of vermouth and one part of of sherry. Mm-hmm. I found recipe that called for dry vermouth. And fino sherry, so you would have an extremely bone dry cocktail. Amazing if you want to have it before dinner, before mm-hmm. lunch, or among with some hamon iberico. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found some with sweet vermouth for a more rounded cocktail. I found a sort of a perfect bamboo with both dry and sweet. And my favorite incarnation of this drink what we're drinking now has amontillado sherry that is a sherry that start um, aging biologically uh, under the floor if we want we can go in sherry production as well but that's too much <laughs> and then and then it's moved uh, to age uh, uh, in an oxidative way so the 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 the, um, the, the yeast gets drink gets killed by adding a little bit more brandy and he develops more nutty, uh, bolder notes, but not as much as an Oloroso is, that it's only oxid- only has an oxidative life. Uh, and then I split my vermouth between sweet vermouth and blank vermouth. So you have a multi-layered, still extremely low ABV, uh, delicious cocktail. And I split my bitters between Angostura and orange bitters. So just to, just awesome. to run back through that, it's two dashes of orange bitter, two dashes of Angostura, <sighs> 0.75 ounces of sweet vermouth, 0.75 ounces of blanc vermouth, and 1.25 Amontillado sherry. 1.5. 1.5. Excuse me. 1.5 okay. Amontillado sherry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and uh, for for the folks listening at homes, at home, uh, drink this. Yes, Make this yeah. and drink it. It's it's super Maybe. easy. It's it's lower alcohol. It's lower ABV. You could crush 12 of these. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's a, and it's a great thing to order at. I like I. I love ordering a bamboo at a bar because, as you say, there are so many variations. There's, you're never going to find the same No, bamboo. yeah, everybody will have his favorite, and mm-hmm. the, to a degree, they're all good. I mean, yeah. you really like something on the drier side, so definitely, yeah. I will use. I will yeah. personally use uh, on Manzanilla and Rama if you yeah. want something drier. Yeah. Right. If you want something bolder, uh, even with an Oloroso, maybe a little bit overpowering for the vermouth, but you, yeah. you're going to have like a nice and bold cocktail. And again, going back, sorry, no, advice. But again, like the Sherry Revival, it's been happening the last 10 years, give or take, I would say. Yeah. Sherry used to be, before the the, the rise of of Bordeaux and French wines, Sherry used to be considered one of the best wine in the world. Hmm. Used to be highly praised, used to be far from the... Sherry cream, 
blue bottle in the back of the bar what that nobody ever touches <laughs> it's true but there, there are there are so many different sherry's there are no, so no many... i mean you know I, I you i grew up i mean it was like in grandma's kitchen to cook chicken with like i mean yeah. that's the only thing sherry was used with was like oh yeah you want to burn off all the alcohol and you definitely don't want to taste it you don't you don't drink this i mean you know maybe grandma would have a little nip every once in a while <laughs> but i mean but that's what it was it was just like you know Grandma would put it in her, you know, any of her chicken dishes or meat dishes or whatever like that. But we didn't, you didn't sit around drinking sherry, you know. Well, and you, and you know, actually, like the part of Texas that both Mike and I are from are famous for, you know, for a lot of things. First of all, just we're from there, so it's famous. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, but the but the there there is a uh, there's a winery and uh, it, it, I think it's called a Homestead Winery. They're famous for making a sherry there that 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 was like it's won multiple awards. So you know, you know, like even though Mike moved away from there very a long time ago, he has an innate love for sherry, yeah, just well, s- s- simply from you know I, the region that yeah. he was born in. I, I mean, I'm just riffing on. I mean, I'm just 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 ripping off cocktails left and right right now. You know, that's the way that I do with uh, with fall, with uh, with making a menu. And it's it's hard. Like I gotta like push the sherry bottles away sometimes, <laughs> you know. But uh, but Giuseppe, I, I wanted to get back to what you were talking about earlier. And you know, we have a lot. You know, I mean, I, you know, when I was new to bartending, when I was getting into bartending, um, you know, and even now, still to this day, like you know, I listen to shows like our like like we're you know doing right now podcasts because I'm looking for like those. I'm looking at those for those like nuggets of wisdom, or I'm looking for just something to take away from the show or whatever. And I think you just, I think this is a perfect show for somebody that um, that is going to be new to bartending or just started bartending maybe before this COVID. I mean, I would think like I'm always looking for blessings of this in disguise, and I feel like our our craft, our our industry before COVID nineteen was getting. I, I don't. I was enjoying it, but I think it was getting a little bit out of hand. I think it was moving really, really fast. I think everybody just wanted to be, all of a sudden, everybody wanted to be a brand ambassador or on the cover of Imbibe magazine, or they want to be this, they want to be that. And I think what, what you've, what you've been touching upon today and what you, what you did during your time is that you slowed down, man. You slow down and you never, you're, you've always been a person that I know that's never wants to stop learning, like never wants to stop learning, always wants to learn more and more and more. And there's just so much, there's such a difference between doing your craft and doing and knowing your craft. So I don't know if you have like some bits of wisdom or whatever you would want to give out for like a new bartender or about just in like, just in general about, you know, knowing always just you know knowing what you're doing not just doing what you're doing could you like just could you just touch upon that a little bit and what what interests you in really diving deep into it to all of what you've been doing during your quarantine sure uh i i think that as everything in life it should be a balance of everything meaning there were in, in my early days uh I started as a bartending, as bartender in the U.S. before, and then I touched a plethora of, of roles. But I started behind the bar knowing nothing about it. Like, I, I, I was barista in the morning. One bartender went and, and was supposed to be away for two weeks. And right after that, the owner said, yes, another bartender quit. I was the only other person that 
was able to switch roles without the, knowing the environment and the customer and everything. And, and I just been thrown there. So the owner was like, oh, you, you, this is the cocktail. So, so it was my, 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 my early days in bartending were uh, very, uh, were, were weird. We're not, we're not pushed by the love of the craft, if I have to be honest. I just happened to, to be behind the bar. Uh, then I kept being in hospitality and I, I've always drank. I come from Italy and if you want to enforce stereotypes, I've, I, one of my first memories, <laughs> one of my first memories, and this is fun. You one of my first, one of my first memories, I was any, I was two or three. It was either a Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. And my father comes at me with a glass and he said, take a sip. And I smell it. And it was disgusting. And I was like, no, I don't want it. And he forced me to take a sip just to wet my lip, just to like touch it with the tongue. And I burned inside. It was probably <laughs> scotch because my, my father is a, is a huge scotch drinker. But, but I, I kept drinking. Like my father was always pouring me a little wine. Not, it was, I was not a drunk. They were not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. Let's say it's a cultural thing. So, but this I grew up around. This is, yeah, this is. I grew up between, around yeah. I, around wine. I grew up, thank God, around good wine and good booze. Uh, and so I always had, with the due exceptions, in my sometimes in my teenage teen teen years, uh, I had a very healthy relationship relationship with alcohol, and I'm very grateful. So I've always been curious about what I'm drinking and how you drink this. And my father was is a is loves etiquette. So you should not have red wine with fish. It's not it's this is very you can someone can argue about. I would not mind the Pinot Noir with the tuna steak. But we digress. Uh but I've always been around booze and then I've always liked to go out and drink. And give or take five years ago, I was lucky enough to work in uh, an Italian restaurant that was very close by to a bar in which Harris, Corey, and uh, Ollie Hampton used to work. Mm -hmm. All three of them at the same time. And it was heaven on earth. Whoever was behind the bar. Or you could say it was like a hellscape. Like it was a heaven on earth. It was. was A descent into madness. It depends how long we were there. Right. Yeah. But... But that was a pivotal moment for me because we were spending there a lot of post-shift uh, nights, hours, not say nights. And I had one comment from Ollie, delicious drink from everybody, and one remark from Harris that made me think. I bought... I bought... Uh, as a suggestion, uh, the Curious Bartender, the first, uh, the first edition, the first book, mm-hmm. the first volume, uh, and I was started reading and I started to be fascinated. And I went to Ollie and I was like, "How can I learn more about mixology?" And he looked me dead in the eye, and he told me, "Now you have to tell me what the fuck you want, what the fuck that mixology mean." I didn't know. I did not have an answer. And so that was like, that was the first, that was the first circuit to, to, 
to light up. And then I, I spoke with, uh, I was speaking another night with Harris, and I was like, well, how can I get better? How can I learn more? Should I, should I like do a pretender uh, seminar or course or like pretending school or some stuff like that? And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Just go out, sit at the bar, yeah. drink, and talk yeah. with the bartender. Yeah, you want to drink you, you want to drink booze. You don't want to drink colored water. <laughs> no, but those two, but those two, those two remarks were very important because mm-hmm. they made me they made me realize that you cannot do this if you're not curious. You cannot do this if you're not willing to know that you don't know shit. Mm-hmm. I do. I know mm-hmm. nothing. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I. I read. I go out. I. Yeah. I. Now I'm speaking way too much, but I like to <laughs> to listen to people what they're saying because sure. they may say something that makes that makes sense. Totally, totally. And and that made me realize that like if I don't know something, if I don't know the why at least, I cannot I cannot make a native ingredient cocktail like the one we're gonna drink after this. If I don't know what his template is and why is what it is. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. not be able to understand what I'm doing if I would mm-hmm. not understand that at the beginning was the punch and then the punch became single serving and then he became a daisy and then he became a sour and then he morphed into a fizz or a smash or a cobbler or whatever it is till the cocktail or a scaffa or all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, you know... It, I think one of the, one of the things that I mean, like saying saying like you have to be curious, like uh, that's 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 so that's so deeply important. I mean, for for me, it was it was it was forced on forced on me because I had, and I think Mike, you had these shifts as well, like the long Saturday shifts during the day, and you had those doldrums in the middle where you wouldn't be doing anything; you'd just be standing there. And it's like, well, can't be on your phone at work. You might as well just mm-hmm. pick up that cocktail book that's behind mm-hmm. the bar and re- start reading through that. Yeah, and then yeah. eventually, and you know, like what what's always what's always drawn me towards liquor is that there's stories behind it. That, that every mm-hmm. every brand, I, you know, I love reading the labels and what they, people say about themselves. You know, founded in the Venetian, you know, house of so and so, and I get excited about that 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 yep. minor trivia. But it, but like when when you start putting things into perspective of like, oh, this is cocktails are a story in and of themselves, as you say. You know, you yeah. have this. You have the, this large format drink that then evolves into a smaller thing, and, th- and now we're coming back to large format yeah. again. That's a beautiful, long, like several hundred year old, or not, not several, but like you know, like you know, three, four hundred year old story yeah. of development. That that's awesome. That's 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 a huge story of, of of human interaction with this with spirits and whatnot. I get so excited about that. Right. But uh, but yeah. It's mind blowing. Like I, I discovered if I if I can bring up another example, I discovered only recently, like a year and a half, two years maybe, what delightful a clarified milk punch can be. Mm-hmm. And when I in learning how you make it, in reading, in researching articles or in books, like you 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 read people are talking about chemistry and talking about. Like milk, the, 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 the mix in the milk, warm or not warm, different kind of milk, 
do not have this the, 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 the required proteins because it's just fat so you need all those kind of things and it's like well that has to be new there is so much into it that it can it, it feels complicated it's why clarified milk punch costs more as well because you need to prep like it takes time mm-hmm. it takes care for care it takes knowledge the first clarified milk punch was noted in a diary or in a letter by Benjamin Franklin in 1776. It blew my mind when I read that. Wow. <laughs> Good old Benny. Yeah. I like, I like that, that the American Revolution was starting and he's like, and also, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. But all the founding fathers loved to all the founding fathers loved to drink. Oh yeah, like the, George yeah. Washington. George Washington loved his Barbados rum. Mm-hmm. He had a winery. He, he brewed beer, not himself, but like he had people brewing beer. It was just, but, but that's what curi- <laughs> that's why you need to, going back to what you were saying, Mike. You need to be curious. That's my that's my advice. You cannot yeah. assume that you know something. You cannot mm-hmm. assume that you know better. I, I don't want to be, I will never want to be labeled as someone, like a, a master or an expert. I want to be someone who knows a lot about everything. Not right. everything about a specific subject or, mm-hmm. or all the subjects. But I want to keep learning and I want to know be- keep knowing better. Because that has made me, in this five months, more than ever, really enough, mm-hmm. right. a better, now I will go back to that, a better mixologist, not bartending, because I'm not tending bar, I'm mm-hmm. mixing drinks, I'm concocting <laughs> drinks, and what that's the definition of a mixologist, is someone who preps drink, while yeah. the bartender is someone who tends a bar. So he needs. He tells. He, he deals with customers. He deals with cleaning and restocking and prepping. So it's harder to be a bartender than a mixologist. So whoever says that he's a mixologist, f- fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think it, tending yeah, a bar I, is harder. Yeah, man. I think that's. I think that's really, really well said. And I think you hit upon it. Like it's just so important to put your own spin on things and and put your own, you know, your own signature on things. Um, because, it, like you said, if you look back on, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I was a drummer back in the day, and I remember my drum teacher telling me, he's like, he's like, don't worry about it, man. It's already been done by John Bonham, and it's already done by Tony Williams. Like, it's all been done before. But it's how you put yourself into it, and I think that is so. That's just it's just such a, an important thing to let bartenders and new bartenders know that it's like, you know, hey, it's 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 pretty much all been done. Let's just let's just face it, and we've talked about that before. You know, things have has, have cycled in and out, um, but really, it's you know, it's like it, when you when you when you have Giuseppe's milk punch, which I've had a couple of them. Um, you, 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 I can like I can I could like probably step away and some, have somebody else's milk punch, and I could probably be like, and then come back to Giuseppe's, and I'll be like that is Giuseppe's milk punch because there's just a certain signature on it. There's a right. certain thing that you've done with it dude, where you have learned and learned and learned and you've, and you've, and you've touched upon, you know, many ways of doing it. And then you've like, kind of like created your own out of, out of that knowledge. And I think that's, what's so important. I think that's, what's mm-hmm. really, really important, man. So, um, but man, Giuseppe, man, it's been, 
fabulous to hear you, man. I could, I we could sit here all day long. I know we could, and we and, and you're a close friend of ours. You're a good friend of ours. You're an absolutely amazing bartender. Um, Thank you. You know, I mean, Trying. you know, we live, we 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 live in New York City. There's a lot of us out there, man. Uh, we all don't get the the limelight, you know. But there's so many great bartenders out there, folks. And once we're able to go back and sit at the bars and and, and enjoy these presents, because you know, it's just so much. You know, a, a lot of us are so much more than just our drinks. Obviously, Giuseppe has this beautiful knowledge and history that um, that you should go and enjoy once you're able to. Um, and sit down with him at a bar. I'm excited, man, to see where you land, dude. To be yeah. honest with you, man, that's what I'm excited about. I'm like, it's like, it's like, it's a free agency out there now, man. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though, about quarantine. Like, as you said, like I I had to slow down. Yeah. And at the beginning, I threw myself in making, as Harry said, like almost a cocktail a day. Yeah. Uh, sometime too, and I was taking two picture and taking a day off to to not overdo it because photographs by the way too man are beautiful they really are <laughs> they, they, they beautiful are, folks they are what i can do like i'm not a good yeah. photographer and i would never say Pretty that i am me, but Pretty but you got eyes bro you got eyes dude i'll <laughs> give you that man you Thank got you. eyes bro you're way kinder uh, than i am to myself <laughs> yeah man. but but that's that's the other thing that's why i started it's because we don't really know how the industry will look like in in a week in a month in two months yeah. uh there, there've been places who've been opening and they've been doing great and there are places have been open forever that they were far, forced to close there are place places who when the blasio said outdoor dining on uh, on the street the same day they started prepping the patio and there are i've i've seen on the street like last last week people just now building their patio yeah. that that as well makes it or breaks it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it could yeah. be it could be economic difficulties it could be a lot of things but i i'm feeling that now it takes a while and we don't know where we're going and that's why i did that i mean i'm i'm remotely trying to start a couple of projects in italy as well with a couple of buddies of mine Two separate things. Uh, still, way too early to say what they are, but but I'm trying. It's something a little different that I've that I've done before. Uh, I've been lucky enough lately to be um, to be approached by by Finback Brewery. Mm-hmm. They opened in May or April uh, a second location in Brooklyn. They partner. Um, they partner with uh, Andrew Thomas, that is a distiller, and is gonna. He, they 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 create uh, a new a new spirit brand, Half Tone. Uh, the moment they're distilling delicious gin, and I partner up with them. I did uh, last week uh, an event in which I did a gin only cocktail menu, uh, trying to be as innovative as possible uh, with. In a situation in which it is a pop-up, so you don't have a bar set up, you don't have uh, all the tools and 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 financial resources that you would have in an in a already established activity, because they do great beer, but they've never done spirits, they've never done cocktail, so that's a new thing, uh, a, a, a mono spirit cocktail menu that for now is is is, is just a, a partnership. Uh, we did an event; it went great. We're gonna do more. 
um, and see how it goes. But it's something that two, three months ago, I would have not thought of doing. Mm-hmm. Like an almost, I don't know if I, like I'm consulting, I'm partnering up with them. I, I've never done that. And so another advice that I would give, because so far it's been working for me, is to not be afraid of trying new things. Right. Again, may, now you may need less brand ambassadors. As you were saying before, everybody wanted to be that person that goes around to bar, drink, pour booze, trying to make people think that their, their product is the best ever. There are a lot of good products. I mean, uh, <laughs> Halftone gin, half half gin is amazing, but there are other gins. And I yeah, yeah. Oh, I gosh. would rather have my cocktails, their cocktails, the cocktails we, we will serve again at Finback, uh, speak instead of me going somewhere to go with the bottles and said, oh, try this. That needs to be done. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm... I learned about so much and I've been also uh, pushed to learn more of a spirit or a category or of a brand from a brand ambassador who came and gave me a bottle or poured me a, a glass. But but that's the thing, like trying new things. God, God knows what's going to happen. Uh, we may do one more event and never. We may keep doing it until I go back in my establishment or whatever covid will do whatever de blasio will let new york do uh but yeah ultimately be curious be open to change and and give it a try i will yeah <laughs> i love it i love it. very I love well it. said and you know i actually got to go to uh to one of to the, to the pop-up at finback recently and it was like I, you could have fooled me that it was a that it was a mono spirit program it was it was it was fantastic and as you said, we, we, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. A pleasure, um, guys. Yeah, this has been phenomenal. Uh, but I, but I, do, I think uh, I think it's it's time for us to uh, to, to move on because I know you have something for this as well. To my favorite <laughs> segment of the show, and Mike, if, if you if you wouldn't mind uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, leading us off here, boys, are you ready? It's time for bad Yelp reviews of otherwise excellent places. See that I like that one a lot because it was concise, <laughs> but there was like a dramatic pause in there. That was really nice. I like that one a lot. All right, let's get down to it, man. Who's going first, man? Who's going first? You want to take us home? Should I? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, thank you, guys. I can't wait to see what you have here. This, I'm actually, uh, I actually chose this one because I think both of you in in a more recent episode talked about people who yelp during COVID. (laughs) Did it something, I mean, nobody should ever yelp unless it's a five-star review to say something informative. But reviewing under COVID, it's very weird. So this is an establishment who actually opened during the pandemic. They opened barely a month ago. And uh, I, I've been there. It's delicious. It's a Japanese-Italian fusion restaurant. Mind-blowing. Uh, I had some shishito filled with Italian sausage. They were mind-blowing. There was, they were like, they make fried pizza, like small fried mm. pizza. They were just unbelievably good. About like weird dessert that your daughter made you try. I had like a Greek, uh, Greek, uh, Japanese yogurt with strawberries and chicken skin, fried chicken skin. That was absolutely mind blowing. 
No, it was. It was. It sounds weird. It was just like it was just like would, crumbled on top. Hey, show you, show you Mike's face right I, now. I, I, I'm, I'm down to taste. You know, I, I'm down to taste anything, man. Really. That, that was my reaction. I ordered something it. else. I ordered something else, but that dessert was sent to me as well. So I tried it, and it blew my mind. That's but anyway, awesome. before I read this, I need to say that I know the beverage manager is a fantastic guy called Greg Kong, and. Knowing him, it took me three weeks to get a table. They, they're just popping. They're, they're doing great. And it took me three weeks with the reservation, like to get a reservation, not to be seated. And I had to wait like 10, 15 minutes for a table to... Once you got to, to the reservation. Yeah, once I got to my reservation time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is Andy W. And, a, and what's the restaurant name? The restaurant name is Kimika. Is on... Uh, Kimika is on Camera Street, uh, Lower East. It's just, it's just gorgeous. They did a beautiful job with right. the place. The outdoor seating is fantastic. The service was unbelievably good for being a patio service during a pandemic. Everybody was sanitizing, sanitizer table. Everybody was just like on top of their game. Just fantastic. So knowing that, we were asked to wait two and a half hour for a table and did not receive one. When we returned to the restaurant, the hostess informed us that there were no free tables and the kitchen was closing soon. So we may not be, we may not be able to get a table or food. We asked if we could place a food order early in case we were seated late and we were told no. We asked if we were seating time limits and were told yes, but they were not strictly enforced. The restaurant seemed unwilling unwilling to accommodate us despite waiting waiting as they asked. The menu looked good and we had a great experience at the Cesar restaurant in Wyla, so we're disappointed in the hospitality at Kimiko. So so Andy Dabia knew that this was a popular spot. Yeah. Didn't make a reservation, showed up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably three hours before they closed, and asked yep. for you know a table. They said two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and then got mad that he wasn't going to be able to eat there. That's it. Yeah. That, like, and so because of that, he goes online and and he gives us one star to a new restaurant. To a new restaurant during COVID. Did did didn't didn't and didn't even taste the food. Didn't even taste the didn't food. Taste food. No, I didn't. They didn't no taste drinks. anything. No, never not, sat, no, no, never no. entered the restaurant. He's never looked entered at the building. He's looked at the, it's she yeah. or he? Is it she or he? It's I believe it's, it's a he. A, it's a he. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, okay, whatever. They who um didn't even uh, looked at the restaurant. Saw saw it physically. Just didn't never sat down in a seat. Uh, yeah, man. Um, dude, this one hits home, dude. Let me tell you, man, because. Uh, you know, I, I ate, dude, the restaurant that I work with, we went from 75 indoor, indoor, indoor tables to 18, 75 yeah. to 18. We are slam packed every single night. Um, and you know, I am, I, it's, it's part of my job to let people know that, that get on the, the wait list at very late, um, that, you know, uh, there's a possibility that you might not get sat. There's a possibility and, you know, we have this thing where we call you up uh, when the table's ready so you don't have to hang around for two and a half hours, an hour and a half, which I'm sure this place does as well. Um, yeah, man, sometimes it's just, you know what? 
sometimes it's just not going to work out for you, man. But you just need to pick That's up your ball. Thing. You just need to pick That's up your ball thing. and go home. You can't be crying. I mean, there, you, you know? see, you see that they have like fifteen tables. What they can do if there are people sitting? They well, just I, they can't. Right? You know, I always you know. I always start to think, okay, well, what if I were the one sitting there, you know, and, and I want that table, and, th- and that person's been sitting there for an hour and a half. What if that were me? Would I really like it if so- if a server came over and said, okay, it's time to go now? I mean, like, like yeah. that's just, like, yeah, it's just, it's, like, I understand that like, some places do have that rule, and I think, like, yeah. you know, for instance, my restaurant, we're probably going forward, we're going to have to start enforcing time limits, and, it, yeah, and Makes you know, sense. It, it's just a weird time. But to but but what really gets me about Andy Davia <laughs> is that he took the time during COVID nineteen to leave a bad Yelp review, and you know we always say on this show, um, you're welcome to come on and defend your Yelp review, and and Andy W, you're not. I'm sorry, you're yeah. not invited. You didn't even, even said there. You're not invited. You're, you're like 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 you you are a, a garbage person. Yeah. You yeah. probably you probably wet the bed as a child a lot. <laughs> probably did, yeah. Um, probably you did. might have you might have like beat a puppy once or twice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm guessing that like all this leads up to you being a serial killer or a sociopath because nobody else except for a sociopath would leave a one star Yelp review for a restaurant they didn't even get to eat at during COVID nineteen. Yeah. You're an absolute and total piece of shit. You're off. And you're, you're not invited <laughs> yeah. to the podcast, Andy W. Yeah, right, right. Andy W. Dude, get off the internet and get off the world. You know, if, like, just if, leave. If, if he had said, okay, we went back the next night, we got a table, and we had the food, and we didn't like the food, and left a one-star Yelp review, I have more respect for you. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's I mean, very still, different. Still yeah. argu- it's still arguable, because if you look at the rest of the reviews, they're all five stars. Right. Right. So he's the only asshole who put one star. For right. not he didn't even have the fucking food. For not eating there. <laughs> oh boy! Trash. Oh boy, Andy. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike. What uh, you what you got for uh, us? What for you got? For, what do you have? Oh for us? man, dude, I've got a I've got a short and quick one. Um, it, it just found it really just kind of funny, man. And uh, I'm just I'm just uh, looking to hear what you guys have to say about this one because I'm not even sure what I want to say. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's from it's from a, a wonderful bar here in Astoria. One of our, a lot of our really good friends, dude. Um, uh, you have worked there. Um, we are very, very close to the owners as well. Comes from Diamond Dogs. I know uh-huh. Harris, one of our far- favorite watering holes. Giuseppe, do you go to Diamond Dogs a lot, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Been right. there. Awesome, awesome. And you drink this beer and you the, drink. This right, is the second drink... time they've made an appearance in this segment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so this one, this one, this one is a one-star review. It, it's uh, it's pre-pandemic, so not you know. Okay. She's still she's still? an asshole, okay. but she's not a mega asshole. Um, but here we go. Stephanie L. Uh, from Long Island City, Queens, writes one star review. Bartender said, Apple Martini? What is this, the 90s? I can't make that. This bar also plays 80s and 90s music. Just FYI. That's the whole review. That's, That's the, the review. whole review. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bartender said, Apple Martini? What is this, the 90s? I can't make that. This if bar 80s... also plays 80s and 90s music, just FYI. That's so... the whole one star. Stephanie L. That's a five-star I... review. That's such a great I've never... review. I know, Seems... I know. 
I've never seen a I've never seen a review get so many funnies. She's got twenty three funnies on this one, and I That's bet people hilarious. are just like, "Dude, Stephanie, wait, wait, who are like, you?" Like, look. first of all, first of all, and I know, and I know, we've talked about this a lot on the show as a guest as well. When when you know, is that Stephanie, dude? You, you got to know where you're going. All right, right. you got to know where you're going. You know, what, what was it? Uh, I think it was McSorley's or something like that that you guys yeah. <laughs> reviewed back in the day. But this is another case, dude. Stephanie L., you are going to Diamond Dogs, which is, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a, I mean, they have great cocktails, amazing cocktails. But, dude, Diamond Dogs is not going to have what it takes behind the bar to make an apple martini, now. man. And, and, and Stephanie, <laughs> do, are, are, Stephanie, did you, ha- did you have a fake ID because... You probably aren't even like you're probably like 18 ordering an apple martini. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. Drink, drink what you want to drink, folks. But an apple martini, oh my god! I don't think any bar in New York can make an apple martini. <laughs> look, look, if I can I be constructive, if I can be constructively destructive, yes, I I yeah. disagree with you, Mike. I disagree with you, Mike. Uh, Nobody. I mean, there, everybody should be able to drink what they want. Yeah, but we are in in such a beautiful age in which there is so much. Uh, get a cider, get a hard cider. Yeah, like if yeah. you want to taste apple, get a hard cider, get a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. An apple martini was born in a moment in which people were just using a synthetic flavoring sweeteners agent, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. Right. I'm not even. It's right. not what. It's just. It's not. Right. I would. I would I would have done the same thing. I would have said just no, we don't do that. Right. I mean, I'll, I would I'll never you, carry an apple schnapp. Totally. Ever. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Giuseppe. I know the owners very well at at them, and these dudes know their music. So this whole '80s '90s reference thing—they're not playing shitty '80s and '90s music. So no, they're not going to make yeah, you a shitty drink. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Hundred percent. I. I. The apple martini is one of the shittiest drinks ever made. Yes, it's from the 80s or early 90s or whatever. But that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. The whole 80s, 90s music reference is just... No, no, there's nothing to do with it. I just like that she's like, well, they were playing 80s and 90s music, so therefore we should be able to get 80s and 90s drinks. No. So we should have gotten bright drink and blue drinks and pink drinks and yellow (laughs) drinks and all that. All that stuff should have been there. Yeah, what's, they should have probably had. A, they should have had a roller rink in the middle of the whole place too, dude. Stephanie, you know, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stephanie, come, come by the podcast sometime. Unlike yeah, unlike Andy, you're invited yeah, to the podcast. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited to, to defend yourself. And, I'm sure. And stop drinking apple martinis. I'm sure you're a really sweet, sweet person, Stephanie, dude. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Harris, dude, I know you've always got a good one. You got one for us today. I, yeah, I, I I think it's a good one. It's, it's a little bit older. It's from it, it's from a while back, but it's a it's from a more Iamargo. Um, oh. It's from someone called uh, Maycheck M. And I mean, you know, right now a more Iamargo they they've been doing delivery cocktails throughout the throughout the pandemic, okay. large format cocktails. Fantastic spot. No, Amoria Margo does not deserve anything less than five stars. Dude, he is one of the. I mean, you know. I know, rest, I know, Harris, uh, you and I work both at bars and restaurants that are really doing a stand-up job on social distancing people and making sure that people are staying safe. Like, they are an advocate there. 
uh, yeah. anymore in Margo. Southern is an advocate, dude, for yeah. making sure that people are enjoying themselves, but also staying safe, dude. That place yeah. could probably pack the whole sidewalk if they wanted to. But if you go there, they're two tops, they're socially distanced, yeah. they're, you know, they're making sure you get a great product, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Kudos to you. Uh, and man, making their like probably like sixth, seventh appearance, dude, maybe on bets. Probably the bad guy refused to. I mean, Harris loves this one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gold mine. It is, it is one of the it's best. It's a gold mine. Yeah. So, all right. So this is from, I think, I think it's, I, I, I want to say it's Maycheck. Maycheck M. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maycheck M. <clears throat> and you should just actually see the review because it looks like a sonnet. It, it it it's written like poetry. Anytime he puts any punctuation, it's a new uh, it's a new paragraph. It's incredible. Nice. Oh great. One star. Um, Sunday night. Avoid snotty, pretentious little bit ellipses barmaid. This is the first time I saw her here, and hopefully the last. No sense of humor, but lots of makeup. No brains, but lots of attitude. One star for the drink. At least she was trained properly. She spent more time engaged in conversation with a little hipster who was dressed like Pinocchio than she said than she did making sure everyone was okay. Maybe you should she maybe she is Geppetto in disguise? Mm. Or perhaps just an angry, bitter, sorrowful, hurt, contentious human being. Mm. On second thought, I no longer think she's Geppetto, ellipses. Geppetto, the manager, just walked by, and boy is he fierce or what? Am I like in a bizarre bubble here? It never happened before. Do not come here on Sunday, folks. You were warned. Jesus. This is not a Yelp review, dude. This is straight up hate speech, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, one million percent. Maycheck, Maycheck is, Yo, is a Maycheck, trash bro. person. Yeah, uh, wow. It's, it's not. I, I specifically picked this one because it's a reference to Pinocchio and Geppetto. And I was Thank like, you, you know, much, we have an Italian on board. You know, like, hey. but this is horrendous. This is just. And, yeah, and Maycheck. Look, I, this guy's got this guy's got 44 reviews of which nearly all of them are one star reviews and if you go into all of them this is a hurt person like like you know oh, yeah. you know yeah. like this yeah. is this is a person who was definitely yeah. like i don't know they, they 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 were punched in the face one too many times in high school like this is a this is a sad sorrowful person in my mind but i just i just love the fact that he's calling the manager Geppetto. like yeah he likes like, what does he mean? Too. Does he, it, that he, mean that the guy has a big sort of walrus mustache and like is I, really friendly? Is that is that is that the insult? Like, oh, he looks like a totally fine, nice person. Like, is he, that, what kind of right? He must have a lot of cuckoo clocks at home. Dude. He exactly. must have a shit ton of cuckoo. He clocks. must be a really talented <laughs> carpenter. Yeah, and just he move must. along. Like, like uh, what, what what kind of insults are these? Wow, Ugh. dude. Uh, Maycheck, wow. Maycheck, Maycheck, it's uh, it's it's your turn to take out the trash, buddy. So take yourself out. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, like, uh, I mean, does he... I, the, uh, oh, my God. This guy needs to go see a... This guy needs to go see a psychiatrist, man. And I, I Oh, he's, yeah. He's got some... I'm, you know, like you said, man, 55... What the... Uh, he's a sad person. Sad person, he's man. A sa- he's a sad... I mean, I've been I've been there multiple times. I've been in uh, in a couple of other places in which Soder Teague is involved. Uh, I've been served by him. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know him personally, so I don't know. I, I cannot. I, I don't know him, but I've never met someone that does not know what he's doing there. I'm this poor yeah. bar, whoever who is barmaid. Well, he, yeah. he, it was like he was trying to make a joke, snotty, pretentious yeah. little bit, as in like B I, as yeah, in he was about to say bitch, and then barmaid. 
And 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 if and if, and if he and if he had said that, they could have taken this off. But like an asshole, he didn't actually put it all the way there. Like so, I mean, doesn't like, even have the guts to do that. Doesn't. He, but doesn't still, he, yeah. But I'm 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 sure enough that if someone is, everybody makes a mistake. But if someone is behind the bar, to a degree, they at least know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know if that is a good person or is a the ellipsis that I cannot tell. But I I cannot buy the lots of attitude I cannot buy the one star drink and I cannot buy the trash talk on Southern Teague that is one of the people is is one of is someone that everybody should look up to for for courtesy, for what it means to the industry and for what he has done in New York. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. this and for what yeah. I'm worried Margot is. Yeah. Well we like to we have a famous saying here and that is uh Mateshag, you missed the mark, buddy. You missed the mark. <laughs> you... well, can can so from now going forward, can we make this like, uh, you know, like you know, like you know, the you know, go to a baseball game. They have like the all star moment of the game or whatever. Can this be the Maycheck moment? Moment? No, there's the Maycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Maycheck moment. Like the... Yeah, yeah. Maycheck, bro. Maycheck moment. Is, point it. This, is, point this it. is the Maycheck moment. It's going. It's going on. It's going on the Instagram as a hashtag Maycheck moment, dude. I'm hashtag like, Maycheck moment. Dude, what a what a what a piece of what a. Oh man. You know, like he says, uh, he says, or perhaps you know, he's insulting this this. Poor woman who's bartending, or perhaps just an angry, bitter, sorrowful, hurt, contentious human being. And I don't think there's a better description of Maycheck in the world <laughs> yeah. other than just and an angry, bitter, sorrowful, yeah. hurt, contentious human being. And if I can add on it, I don't it. Yeah. Thank you, Maycheck, for making whatever us whatever that better. is. <laughs> try to be, try to be like I. I don't know why she had to mention Pinocchio and Geppetto. But she misspelled Pinocchio and she misspelled Geppetto or he whatever, or they whatever. So tough, tough words to spell, Giuseppe. Giuseppe, tough words to spell, dude. When you're so angry, buddy. Yeah, tough that's true. That's true. That's true. So angry, man. That's true. You know, you gotta be cool, calm, wow. and collective to mm-hmm. spell Pinocchio and Gi- Gi- Geppetto, man. That's that for sure, I didn't man. even pick up on that. That yeah. is yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my god. Oof, oh boy! All right, Who's, well, uh, uh, let's more, all, let's all avoid Maycheck moments going forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more of a positive note, dude. Uh, Giuseppe, did you bring along uh, something that you might recommend? Uh, some a TV show, restaurant, book, anything? I know you've been doing a lot of reading, dude. I know you've been doing uh, a lot of reading. So I, I mean, I would have to be back a couple of extra time to to speak about all I want to speak, but. If you're curious and if you want to have a better understanding, I just need to find the author because I forgot. Just can you just go back at me in a second? Of course, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I have, I have, a, I have a recommendation. Um, sure. Um, Madame Poupon in Brooklyn. Mm, um, it is. It is my uh, my my good friend uh, Jean Christophe's uh, uh, crepe restaurant. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, we went there uh, the other night, and it's just like it's these paper thin buckwheat crepes. Uh, you get the complet, which is with beautiful ham, uh, uh, raclette cheese, and uh, excuse me, emmental cheese, and um, and, a, and a runny egg in the center. It's it's buttery, it's flaky, it's delicious. Have twelve of them. It's so good. And also, um, I'm not into sweets all that much but uh the desserts there are easily the best desserts that i've had in the city full stop so uh so go there madame poupon in brooklyn um absolutely phenomenal awesome. mike do, do, awesome. do, do, do you have a do you have a rec 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a quick apology for before that, man. Uh, Maggie, I'm so sorry that I haven't brought up your book before. Um, a good, good friend of mine, good colleague of mine um, in the industry. Uh, it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about today, her her, her book. It's been out for a little while now. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it came out. I think it was uh, 2019, but it's uh, Maggie May. It's called Batch Cocktails, uh, Make Ahead Pitcher Drinks for Every Occasion. Um, and That's it's a beautiful awesome. book. I think uh, I think a couple of the bartenders that um, I, I definitely have one uh, one drink in here as well, so you can uh, get on that. Um, uh, but it also features a lot of my friends as well. But it's just really cool. It breaks it down uh, into uh, boozy, spicy, uh, savory, smoky, um, fruity, and tart. Um, but it's just a, a really great thing to have. Um, you know, in your collection uh, for ideas uh, for batch cocktails, maybe on your bar. It's or also just if, a beautiful book. Just it really idea. is. It really is. It's, it's very yeah. simple and it's very to the yeah. point. And um, looks good on a coffee table, I'm sure. Looks great on a coffee table. So that's uh, that's batch cocktails. Uh, make ahead uh, pitcher drinks for every occasion. Uh, Maggie Hoffman, man, I'm all about dude not doing a lot of work when I have people over at my house. <laughs> I love batching cocktails and putting them in pictures because. I want to I want to experience my guests, man. I want to like yeah. talk to them and I want to be there with them and I don't want to be stuck in the kitchen all day, you know, batching or put uh, stirring up everybody 15,000 old fashions, dude. So, yeah, yeah pick I up mean, pick pick up the book if you want to. It's uh, great. It's on Amazon. You can pick it up. Um, yeah, great little book. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what like recently I've gotten into making uh, like if, you know, anytime I have guests over a Philadelphia Fish House punch. Oh, it's just yeah, it's bro. so simple, it's so easy crowd pleaser you know it, it, it's you know you takes a little bit of preparation in the days before making the ice cubes with like the peaches and the thyme yeah. in it but yeah. uh, but damn is it is it a, is it a, a crowd pleaser for sure yeah um and just just i would have i would I mean, and i read too much but i would have two books that are fairly interesting uh you know, to be honest three one it's called drink and it actually i do i was not able to find it and i do not remember who the the author is but it basically describes the history of booze through human history so it starts from beer it gets through distillation and how every spirits influence history like there are moments in human history in which booze rum was one of them actually shifted what human history was, what commerce was, rum, the, the, the darkest part of rum was the the extent of which slave trade actually mm. happened and is one of the darkest moment of spirit history, but that's why everybody shouldn't be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Similar to that is A History of the World in Six Glasses by Tom Standard. Phenomenal book. It is. Great Absolutely book. Phenomenal it's book. very Great. similar. It's very similar to that. And as well, it makes un- it makes every it could help everybody understand how beverages, may that be alcoholic or non alcoholic, have a way deeper influence to the socioeconomic aspect of the world, of global politics. That it honestly I would not have expected from the from even tea. The way that the tea trade with China wow. resulted in the opium wars and 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 helped shape the relationship between Asia and the West world is just ballistic. 
And if you like beer, as I do, uh, The Brewer's Tale mm-hmm. uh, by William Bostwick is simply mind-blowing. I have not read it. I'm, it right, I'm is it. very so good. good. Is so very good. I haven't it's, read it's it. Very, I haven't read it from from cover to cover, Harris. But it is. It's it's very it's very, reference it's very too, colloquial. Yeah. It's a little less informative than the other two, but yeah. again, he showcases how the relationship between a society and what is drank, it's way deeper than what would expect. Hmm. And it goes back, it's, as, as Iris would say, it's circle back, circling back, and the, how the history repeats itself. He shows how different time call for different kind of beverage and right. on how people look, people who are aware enough of what's going on can change themselves and what they're doing to adapt and to improve a situation and excellent. to overcome that situation. Excellent, excellent. Oh man! All right. Well, now I have something to buy. Um, Mike, Mike, where can the where can the people follow you? Oh yeah, man, uh, dude, follow me on the Instagram Botanical Bartender at Botanical Bartender. Um, you can also follow me on my personal page, which is Mike Detota, with all my family photographs of my daughter and my wife and all that good stuff. If you want to, um, I am also on Facebook under Mike Detota. Um, yeah, man, come and give us a give 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 me a follow, man. Come and check me out, dude. I I've been leaning off the social media a little bit lately, but I'm. You know, I'm still there, folks. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Giuseppe, where can the people follow you if they wanted to follow you? Uh, the people may follow me on Instagram at, at @gsantochirico. It's G S A N T O C H I R I C O. Weirdly enough, it took me a while to learn how to spell that name when I first moved to the U.S. But now, now I get it. Now I get it down. First uh, try. First yeah, try. give me, give me a follow. Check it up since uh, in. Uh, Give him a and follow, just, folks. Give him yeah. a take follow. A deeper, and take a deeper look and uh, do yourself a favor. What I'd be follow doing? Do yourself a favor. It's it's awesome. Beautiful uh, yeah, drinks. Follow me, yeah, follow me yeah. on Instagram at uh, jh Tooley. Follow us at Behind the Stick Pod. Um, do if, follow them. Uh, if, if you have any suggestions for episodes for people who uh, you know that you want to hear on the on the show, if we can get them on here, we'd uh, love to hear that. Uh, you can email us at uh, behindthestickpod at gmail.com. Um, this has been such a fucking fun time. Uh, yep. Giuseppe, oh, yeah. thank you for coming in, man. I, thank you for awesome. having me, guys. Um, was it was a real, real, real pe- pleasure. There was a pleasure. third cocktail that he and I had that we're going to post the, the recipe for, but uh, I'm just saying whoever didn't drink it is missing out. So that's everybody. So, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. Still in, uh, line, <laughs> still in line with the low ABV, learn from what came before you, and improve on it. Yeah. It's Love delicious. it. Love it, man. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, have a good one, guys. Bye bye. Thank you, guys. Thank Peace. you. I got to pee. <laughs> Shoot. Keeping it in. Keeping it in.